It's Thursday. Hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I'm Bill Knight. Yeah, it is a Thursday. Lots of things going on in the news. Impending doom. Yeah. You see, we're the rail strike. This just came in a little while ago. The rail strike that was pending. Okay. They have a tentative agreement now. So apparently that's been averted. But I... I'm not holding my breath because they said it was scheduled for Friday. Here it is Thursday. I have a feeling, just a feeling in my bones because it took so long to come to an agreement that it's mm-hmm. not going to hold up. I just have a feeling. Yeah. You know what? There's 10,000 people that have to ratify that uh, to get it through. Yeah. And they're going to have concerns and what's and wants. And um, I think there's more to the strike than what meets the eye. But, you know, let's face it, you know, you. The news is just now talking about it, but this has been going on for a while. Yeah. You know, and leading up to, and, you know, they go, you know, when you think about if you've ever had to sit and wait through a train, all the boxcars, all the goods that get transported oh, by it's amazing. Yeah. across the nation. Well, if you shut down those trains, well, we got trucks. One big long tractor trailer does not equal one mile long train. Oh, I know. Just no, you know, you can do, you can quadruple the amount of trucking, and it's still, it's still not going to do what a train does. What happens if the truckers go on strike? Let's say they go on strike too. Not the, not the truckers. That's a good point. What happens if the truckers go? We're doubly shafted. Okay, but well, more than that, yeah. Uh, what happens if they go on strike to all of the, the perishable items on the train? Right. Well, number one, the, the trains get it across the country to the distribution centers where the trucks pick it up and they make up the web, you know, the, the spokes in the wheel. But the problem is they go on strike. The goods don't move across the country and the supplies run out, which they're already stressed anyway. Mm-hmm. In 30 days, we would be in a terrible place. Now the trucks would be, they'd ramp it up. But I'm thinking about the, down, the, Frozen foods, the, the it uh, would go the bad. Vegetables, it would, just, it oh. would be wasted. Oh my goodness! And think of the economic impact because the farmer's already been paid for it, so he yeah. got his money. And the, the the retail people, the food, the food makers, they would eat that. The government would bail it out, of course, with yours and my tag do- tax dollars. But it doesn't matter. It all goes bad. I don't know that you heard this. There was another food processing plant over the weekend. That was destroyed by fire. It's well over a hundred now. I don't know what's happening with our our food supply system. I don't know why it's happening. I don't know why it's a bigger. It's not a bigger issue. But you well, hear nobody talking about it, Bill. No, they're not. It's but it's at, at some point in time it's going to hit critical mass. Then we'll talk about it, and it will be too late to fix it right away. It'll mm. take a while to fix it because we got to replace those plants at least uh you know we got to get some of them back speaking of replacing stuff you see where jumping joe is going to pay 80 dollars a barrel to replenish the reserve that we have and yet the democrats had a problem with with uh, president trump uh here's what it says biden to pay 80 dollars per barrel to fill strategic oil reserve two years after democrats blocked Trump from filling reserve at $24 a barrel. So Biden's going to pay 80 and there's no talk about it, but they, uh, they gave Trump a terrible time when he was going to pay $24 a barrel. 
Yeah, and the interesting thing is, if you remember, Joe, I'm freeing up mm. the strategic oil, and we're going to use this, and then when the oil prices come down, I'm going to refill it with new oil, and it's going to be cheaper. Amazing. What happened, Joe? Did you screw this one up, too? Of course you did. Amazing. We uh, also have a primary elections, which happened a couple of days ago, and mm-hmm. there was a young lady up in New Hampshire named Caroline Lovett, and right. she was running for she's running for a House of Representatives uh, position, and I guess she didn't uh, I don't know didn't impress uh, the middle of the road Republicans in Washington D.C. So at the behest of Kevin McCarthy, they shipped five million dollars worth of money up to uh, the opponent of Caroline Levitt up to New Hampshire, so they could produce ads, hit pieces to. Just knock her out of the box. That being said, it didn't work. Trump endorsed Caroline Levitt, ran away with the primary despite the $5 million in smear ads by Kevin McCarthy and the uh, GOP elites. So she won, thank goodness. She was on with Tucker about a week before. And if you're wondering who this Caroline Levitt is, I want to play this for you because this will give you an idea of who she is and why she was a thorn in in the side of Kevin McCarthy and the gang. Left in the United States, New Hampshire's first district is one of them. Caroline Levitt is running in that district. Her primary is next week. So this race has gotten incredibly nasty, so nasty that yard signs have been appearing in the district calling her KKK Airline. So why are they attacking her like that? Our rule of thumb is, if the attacks get really vicious, if they stray from the issues into things like character, you're a bad person, you're a racist, it's usually because you're a threat in some way. Is Caroline Levitt a threat? We're not sure. We thought we would talk to her tonight. Caroline Levitt, thanks so much for coming on. Appreciate it. Um, Thank you so, so much for having me, Tucker. I really appreciate oh, it. Of course. So what is this? So it's a congressional district in New Hampshire. Um, Right? It's one congressional district out of 435. Mm -hmm. Why is this race so nasty? What's at stake, do you think? Well, I am running in my home seat, New Hampshire's first congressional district, and the Democrats are viciously smearing me with the signs that you just talked about because I stand for strong borders and strong law and order. So apparently I'm a racist. I stand against men competing in female athletics. So apparently to them, I'm a transphobic and a homophobic. That's what the Democrats do. They can't stand on policy or solutions, so they attack you with personal smears. But it's not just the Democrats in this race, Tucker, that are attacking me. It's the Republicans, too. In fact, Five million dollars of dirty, dark, super PAC money from the Congressional Leadership Fund, Kevin McCarthy, defending Main Street, have been attacking me and my family with television ads over the last week. And why is that? Voters in New Hampshire are wise and they know it's because I'm the greatest threat to the establishment in this race. They laughed at me when I got into this thing last summer and we are now in a dead heat tie with their hand-picked puppet heading into the primary on Tuesday. I will not back down from the attacks from both the Democrats and the Republicans. I'm fighting for the people of my home state and the conservative values that make this the greatest country in the history of the world. God, family, and country. And that's why we're going to win on Tuesday. Well, I just got to wonder, is there a huge constituency in New Hampshire for illegal immigration, for dudes on your daughter's swim team in the locker room with your girls? I mean, do a lot of people in New Hampshire want those things? 
<laughs> no, of course they don't. We are the live free or die state. We believe in freedom, I would argue, and I'm biased, of course, more than any other state in this union. And we are currently represented by a far left Democrat named Chris Pappas. He pretends yeah. to be a moderate bipartisan voice, but growing up here in the state, I can tell you he's anything but that. And then the establishment Republicans in D.C. are propping up my main primary contender, Matt Mowers, who is a former lobbyist for an opioid manufacturer, a former political operative for Chris Christie, for goodness sake, and they're spending $5 million to attack me, a homegrown conservative voice for our state. But again, the people are smart and they understand when they're attacking you, that means you're over the target and you're winning. And I have no doubt we are going to win. We do need some help from the people. We need to flood the polls and say no to the swamp. And I appreciate all of the support that's been coming to our campaign. $5 million to stop you. Wow. Caroline Levitt from New Hampshire. Not only did she win, she won by 10 points. She won by That's 10 points. That's a big win. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, also, uh, what is it, Don uh, Don Bolduc, yeah. He is the uh, retired general just recently. He's uh, he's going for Senate. Uh, he won against, uh, who was it, Chuck Morris, yeah. who is kind of a middle-of-the-road, so they say, kind of guy. In other words, he's he's a wet dish rag mm-hmm. um, uh, with the Republican label. So... The Democrats are going, oh, well, hey, we got an easy one to beat there. You know, these far-right MAGA people. I'm sitting there going, wait a minute now. I've heard that one before. You know, these far-left Democrats will never get in, but somehow they got in. Now, you got in with the, quote-unquote, the big lie. There is no lie about it, although there is, you know, they're trying to throw that one around, too, and reverse that, that narrative, but. Uh, General Don Bolduc, uh, he also had $4 million tossed at, at him, him yeah, by Mitch McConnell and those uh, deep states swamp dwellers. No matter how you vote, if you vote to, you know, Trump supporters, you know, the these people that we're talking about, just by making this change is not going to change everything completely. But it is a start because... You're going to have to let Mitch McConnell expire. He's in probably for the, you know, he's in his last term right now. You got to let the course run. You could only hit the reset button, but it's not going to take full effect until five or 10 years. But they can remove him from leadership. Yes, well, they if can. They, if they have a new group of senators after the midterms, they can vote a new leader. and that Which would- is why we've got to take as many seats from the Democrats as possible. Mm. Uh, and I'm not saying there's all bad Democrats. You know, we need that balance of power, but I'm just saying we've got to take the bad ones out now and put good Republicans in and tip the tip those scales to where things can balance out. Because right now, you know, this is a lopsided, you know, this is a tire that doesn't uh, balance out right. Another big story, you probably heard about this. Uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis sent two planes of illegal aliens to Martha's Vineyard, which went over like a pregnant pole vaulter. The people down in Martha's Vineyard, they don't know what to do with themselves because, you know, they are liberal and they do believe in sanctuary cities and sanctuary well, that's areas. What they are, right? They're yes. a sanctuary city. Yeah. So, well, uh, so Ron DeSantis said, well, let's. Let's share the wealth. You're sending them to Florida. We'll send a few to Martha's Vineyard. See how you like it. And then, of course, 
Not to be outdone, the governor of Texas, Abbott, he dropped off a couple of busloads of illegals in front of Vice President Carmela Harris's mansion this morning. So, so she got to visit the border yeah, in a roundabout sort of way. The, bo- yeah. the border, she won't go to the border, so the border came to her. And uh, I guess they're, they're at a loss as to what to do with all those illegal people in uh, Washington, D.C. As a matter of fact, Muriel Bowser, who's the mayor of Washington, declared a state of emergency in the city of Washington, D.C. because of the they're overwhelmed by the number of people who have been brought to the city, illegals. They, they have seen but a fraction a minute fraction of the people who have actually come across the border. You know, I mean, if we drop, if they dropped off 5,000 people in DC, that's like a good weekend of illegals crossing mm-hmm. our, our border, uh, in Texas. Uh, they said, yeah, uh, they had a camera showing illegals coming over the wall and they had figured out a way of actually sliding, you know, the, the new wall, they can, they can scale it. And then they can slide down the wall and there's Bob wire on the U S side. So it's not easy, but they have a way of pushing the Bob wire away and sliding down the wall with a, with a rope. And they, they videotaped 12 of them coming across the border in camouflage outfits, camouflage outfits. They looked like soldiers who were coming across and they disappeared. They were called gotaways. There have been half half a million gotaways so far this year. Half a million people who have escaped into our country who haven't been caught. We don't know who they are. We don't know where they went or what they're doing. This is Joe Biden's doing. Well, expect another executive order from, because he was talking about yesterday, that he's going to extend the benefits now to the illegal aliens. They're going to get money and all the medical assistance, everything that we want to get, they're going to get. Absolutely well, what incentive, what incentive, Bill, do these people have to stay at home now? Their incentive, um, is, their incentive is to race to the border and get across. You're talking about people who have nothing in Honduras, maybe, or, or in Colombia, or Venezuela, or someplace. So they get on a bus, and they head north, and they, they go across that, uh, that magic line there, the U.S. border, and it's... Uh, benefits and cell phones and a place to stay. And uh, And I bet you they don't have to pay taxes. They don't need a voter ID or ID to vote. So they get to vote just in time for this election and any uh, uh, election after that. Although, you know, you talk about the benefits they're going to get. Let's take the average person that's retired and they're going, well, you know, COLA this year is going to be pretty astronomical. Well, what nobody's telling you is when you get that cola amount of money, Mm -hmm. which is not that great, it's going to be just enough to where a lot of people that are on Social Security, retired, they don't have to file taxes on them, and they don't have to file taxes. That's just all there is to it. Now, though most most of them, over 50% of the retirees, not trying to scare you, look it up, it's a fact, you're going to be paying taxes. You're going to be subject to federal income tax, probably state tax, you know, so you may as well just go ahead and figure out your boogie now for extra money so that you can have some money to, you know, 
<laughs> file those taxes with and pay them and have something left over. because you, And you better pay them because they got 87,000 new uh, IRS agents who will come to your house. and Yeah, if you're 66 or older, it's hard to run from a gun. That's true. I was also <laughs> thinking while you were saying that, we were talking yesterday about uh, be- benefits and health care and stuff like yeah. that. And how I was thinking when you're older, you're always trying to figure out what's covered. What can I do to do this? What can I do to do that? It's, it's, it's a uh, kind of a game, you know, okay. Every year you can change your Medicare. So you, you're looking at the, the latest plan. Is this one better than the one I have? And I was thinking these people coming across the border don't have that worry. They just come across and they can get it. They get they want. the best plan available. Okay. Let's say that you're 68 years old and you're going, okay, you know, I have a few health conditions, but I'm in good shape. Yeah. All right. Well, number one, you don't talk directly with the insurance companies. They referred you, they refer you to um, a call screener. Sure. And we like to talk to you about the, I'm Jose. Yes. Uh, you know, or actually I'm Steve from Taiwan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to talk to you yeah. about your insurance. Sean. And then, yeah. Whatever the name is. And yes. then they put you through to an agent who goes over there. Well, you know, and let me tell you something. It's broken down by politics and zip codes as to the benefit. You and I actually have the same plan. Right. But yours pays better than mine because of where I I live. Uh, And I was like going, well, that's unfair. And I, you know, you try to negotiate everything. And then I found out, oh, well, there's another plan, you know. And Well, what you're saying is true. I didn't realize this until after we talked yesterday, but... I remember there was a plan that was offered by one of my insurance companies in my zip code, but wasn't offered in the, in the town next to me because they were in a different zip code. Yeah. You see, you don't realize that. So not every, it's not equal friends. It's not all equal. Right. And you know, there's a, there's one, I won't mention the name cause I'm not going to promote anybody, but there's a duplicity one that has, Basically, it has dual type benefits. They don't ask anything, but you have to be uh, fallen into a certain box, yeah, category or a box, and it is not age required. Let's say that you had a medical condition. You might be over it now, but you had a medical condition, you know, five, ten, fifteen years ago. But you're fine now. That qualifies you to get certain benefits that other people don't, you don't have to worry. You know, you go, you know, I lost a tooth in the back. Oh, you get an implant. We, we, no, no worries. You get it. And when I found out all this stuff, I was going like, what the hell? And when I called the insurance company, they have to wait until uh, October, October 15th, call us. That's when we'll know. Yeah, that's when it, it's open enrollment. Yeah. And that's when they'll talk to you. And I said, You'll talk to me. No, we'll refer you to um, an agent. I said, the agent? No, it's a company that screens and then gives you to an agent. And then if you change your insurance, let's say October 20th, you change your insurance, it doesn't, doesn't go kick in, until it, January 1st. Yeah. It doesn't kick in until January 1st. You know, yeah, this is whatever care you want to call it. It is a crime. But if you're an illegal and you come across the border... I get whatever you want. So what you should do, <laughs> you should uh, head down to Mexico, wait a little bit, and then sneak across the border and pretend uh, you're an illegal. 
go online and uh, they, I see them all the time. Learn to speak Spanish. Yes. Before before October, take that course, the yes. Babel course, whatever it is. Yes. Go across the border. Come up. Yeah. And uh, buy some uh, some hobo clothes. Yes. And see, see, I want new life. Yes. I want new life. And you're and all set. You're all set. There you go. They'll Come put you across. up in a. They'll put you up in a house. What city do you want to go to? Because they'll they'll put you on a bus or an airplane, and they'll take you there for nothing. Mm. Yeah. I like to go to Martha's Vineyard. Oh, that would be nice. Well, no problem. We have a plane yeah. leave. They'll have direct flights. <laughs> Maybe I go to Falls, New Hampshire, on the uh, beach. I don't know. I, oh my goodness! Any bunkport? Maybe I don't know. Tell me it isn't treason. I mean, and they are allowing our country to be invaded. People may say, "Oh, I can see the liberal, the bleeding heart liberals going." Oh, you have no compassion. You don't under. You, you, these are people. I know they're people. You well, know? let me tell a liberal this: but, yes. you let your parents rot and die in the vine. I'm going to take care of my people. I'm going to take care of my kids and myself. And then if there's stuff left over, then my heart will bleed for other people that need something. But I take care of my I also want want a secure darn border. For me too. You know, a country without borders is not a country, pure and simple. If you don't have borders, then what, what are you? Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, you a know, plot we, of land with nothing. Nah, we secure our borders here with good intentions. Oh, oh, is that how it's done? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we have the best intentions, so we're a country. We and have nobody feelings. will challenge that because how we they, have good intentions. Do you think we would have won World War World War Two with good intentions? Sure. Ask any liberal. Oh, oh so we could have we could have like invaded uh, Normandy. With good intentions and what we would all held hands and walked off those troop carriers on the beach singing kumbaya and waving flags. Chamberlain was an English liberal, basically. And he, you know, they were a little different back in the 30s. You know, they they were a little, the liberals were a little more mainstream, a little more moderate. But he, he believed that he could go to Germany. And have a sit down with Adolf Hitler, and they could talk it through, and there would be no invasion of Poland, there would be no World War II. So he flew off to Berlin, and Hitler greeted him, and you could almost tell by films the look in his face, like, "Oh, here comes a sucker." And he had dinner with Hitler, and they talked for a few hours, and and uh, they came to some, some some kind of an agreement. And Chamberlain flew back to England, to London, and told all the people, we've reached an agreement. There will be no war. Yes. And uh, uh, Hitler smiled and invaded Poland. Soon after that, Chamberlain was out, and uh, Winston Churchill was in. That's the liberal way of thinking. What you're saying is true. They, they They think that we can solve the border crisis with uh, touchy feely stuff. Exactly. It can't be done. We've got to close the darn border. You know, Carrie Lake was on, uh, one of the talk shows yesterday. She's running for governor in Arizona. She said if she wins, she's going to declare a state of emergency. She's going to put the national guard on the border. She's going to put a wall up and that the Arizona border is going to be secure. 
I agree with her, and I think she should, but I think she'll be challenged from the get-go. They'll challenge the election. By the federal government. Yeah, they'll challenge the election. They'll challenge her and her authority to do so. And actually, she would have absolute authority because the governor runs the states. Right. But they have changed things to where the federal government, because they know how to do things, uh, they're in charge of everything. Right now, they're trying to get rid of these pesky Republican MAGA people. What's interesting, speaking of the infested the whole party, you know, speaking of the the pesky Republican MAGA people, uh, there's a a guy in Ohio running for, I believe, Senate. His name is Tim Ryan. He's been a representative for many, many years, like 20 years. And he tries to pass himself off as being kind of a, a Trump Democrat. But the other day, he showed his true colors. Listen, the Democrats aren't right on everything. And I'm willing to sit down and have conversations about how we can move out of this age of stupidity and into an age of reconciliation and reform. How do we fix all of these broken systems? Some of those answers will come from Republicans. It's not not the extremists that we're dealing with every single day. We've got to kill and confront that movement. Um, but the, you know, working with normal mainstream Republicans, I think that's going to be really, really important because we have to reform uh, these systems. And I will tell them too, like we got to get the government out of our business. I'm all in on that. You see the Dobbs decision. You see, you okay, know, Florida- this guy's talking about MAGA people. He's talking about 80, yeah. 80 million people at least, and he's saying we got to kill, kill, yeah. That movement. If we turned around and said that about the Democrats, what do you think the response would be? Well, you know, the the little jail down the street, uh-huh. you would be buried under the cornerstone of that damn jail. <laughs> oh, gosh. Just saying, that's all. There still are people, speaking of jails, locked up in jail in Washington, D.C., the uh, D.C. Gitmo. The other day, the day before yesterday, mm-hmm. tr- Trump Every night they have a vigil there about six o'clock at night at that outside of the jail. People who are supporters of the people who are in prison there show up and they, they pray and they sing and they, they wave their support at the people. The other night, Trump called and they held that They had it on a loudspeaker system and he called in his support of those poor people and told them essentially to hang in there. You're not forgotten. You're not alone. But, you know, some of those people haven't had any due process. No, they don't want to do due process. I mean, and that's part of this this whole thing. They're going after Trump in ways that you wouldn't believe. Uh, you even mentioned where, you know, we're talking about the DOJ and uh, the arming of the uh, FBI. Yeah. Uh, they, they have now become the law force of the government uh, where they're sitting there, you know, doing well, like Lindell and all the different uh, searches yeah. and seizures without, well, they do it with warrants. The 50 are, plus, the 50 plus we talked about this week. Yeah. And they're getting their phones so that they can go through it. And, you know, well, one thing I will tell you, if you do anything that could get you on that list, mm-hmm. go through your phone, not to hide any in- information, but people keep a lot of personal information. Uh, and when I say that, I, I'm looking at, uh, you know, Alec Jones's picture, picture here in the monitor and he, he had a, you know, a couple when they're alone, mm-hmm. oh, let me get a picture of you like that. <laughs> and then he showed it off to a friend. My wife's better looking than yours. Look at her naked. It was between friends. 
Do I condone or condemn that? Neither. I'm just saying that was something that was private, that was on his phone, that his attorney gave up to the other side. Oh. So what do you have on your phone? Do you have pictures of your grandchildren? You don't want that out there because, well, the left would release it and uh, turn on a pedophile on your, your grandchild. So delete personal pictures of any sort. Wow. You know, and, you know, private family communiques, hey, Uncle Joe is well, sick. you know, uh, get rid of it. Mike Lindell, he said he runs his business on his phone. He literally has all of the phone numbers he needs to, to call people, suppliers, distributors, salespeople, uh, radio stations, TV stations. All of these contacts are on his phone. He said, without my phone, my business is in trouble. I'm crushed. I can't work. And I, and I believe that. I mean, you were just saying we have too much stuff on our darn phones. And another yeah, thing what, Dershowitz said yesterday can, is with regards to phone, and it's true. He said the founders of our country, when they put in what the parameters were for a search, you had to put specifically what you were looking for on the exactly. search. Right. They made it that way because they didn't want what they call a general search. A general search means we can come and look after, we can look for anything we want. We can have full reign of your house. We can go through your property. You go through, we just can do anything we want to. They had no idea that the cell phone was going to come along and offer these people the opportunity to, you know, they could say, we want your cell phone, but by getting the cell phone, they're getting access to a general search. They're specifically getting the cell phone. You know, one item, but they're by getting that, opening the door to a, a massive uh, uh, search, and it's it's not legal. It shouldn't be legal. Well, the Patriot Act opened the door for that, and then when they when it expired, they revised it and included the internet and and all of that in it. Um, but you know, you just mentioned that Lindell had, you know, obviously contacts the radio stations, probably Sean Hannity's private stuff. A uh, good friend of mine, Rose Summitenet, who's at KDK and does her thing, and is on the Hannity Show. Um, you know, they they have their contacts. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's a trickle down because probably third tiered down the line on some of those people on there as a, as a friend. I mean, one of the people sure. I mentioned used to work for me for God's sakes, but you know, they'll go, well, wait a minute. Now Lindell talked to Sean and has talked to Rose and Rose knows Bill and you know, so on. And Bill knows Jim. So yeah. in other words, now all of a sudden they got a hit list yeah. that that, that just got legs and tentacles that stretch out there. Sure. So anybody could get that on their door and you got to cough up your phone. And if you've got anything of personal nature on there, even if they don't find what they're looking for, it will embarrass up out of you. So what do we do? Do we get rid of all of our information on our phones? Well, what I would say is number one, you, you take certain information off of your phone. You factory reset it, but you know, you're not going to get all that information out there because it backs up to the cloud. You bleach it, but you make sure that what you got, I would get rid of my personal stuff. I can sit there and I can justify every contact that I have. You know, there's nothing. I got a question for you, Bill. 
with the Apple iPhone, you need a password to get into it. I would imagine you need a password to get into an Android phone, too. But I know mm -hmm. that the Apple iPhone password is very hard to get to crack, and you only get so many attempts, like I think 10, and after that, it locks down and you can't get into it. And they can't break it, or I, at least that's what they say. Are you required to give the password to the FBI, too? They don't need a password because I had a situation. My daughter had an iPhone. You know, I lost my daughter. But, you know, when anybody passes, the police take the phone. They want to know who she talked to, whatever, you know, right. and, and, and they, they do that. And I'm going, I don't know the password. Oh, we don't need it. We Are you serious? They don't need it. There was a big thing about six it's or seven years ago. It's a lie. It is a crap. It's a crock of crap. They can get right through it. So don't even believe that. So get rid of that. And your computer. You ever get up in the morning and you sit down at your computer to do something? I'm going through a Windows update. Yeah, all the time. It's updating all the time. So we have a lot of personal files there. What I recommend, I'm going to pick you one think up right here. You think they're actually scrubbing your computer looking for new files? I keep a actually a regular like you would insert in the computer a two terabyte digital, uh, you know, an SSD drive. It's a, a, a digital drive mm -hmm. that has the plug that fits there and plugs into the USB. So when I'm on, I can keep files of importance that are here, whether it's for a website that I'm building or whatever it is. It's here. Nobody has it but me. And that's that. And when I'm done, you unplug it from your computer. You know, you're, and that way. you're computer savvy and you are a smart guy. But I would submit that a lot of people just don't have the time. You or... create file folders on your desktop. So you just create a folder on that drive as it appears. And you dump to that. And that's it. And when you're done, unplug it. Shut off your system. So that it does an update. That way, when you turn it on, it goes, oh, I got to go through an update. Uh, isn't that funny? You know they're going through all your stuff. Mm. Don't leave it on your damn computer. Do you trust these uh, these browsers that say that they don't go through your information? They don't? No. Nah. No. Nah. So, so, and I won't mention the names of the browsers, but we all know they advertise uh, on television that they they respect your privacy and they don't store your stuff and... They don't sell your stuff. Here's what I believe. I believe whether you use a uh, uh, a DDG or uh, a Brave or whatever it is, you know, I think th their intent is they don't look at your information. But they're just a browsing software that goes on the Internet that has now been given over to private entities like Google and whatnot and so while they're browsing, you're surfing a public highway, mm -hmm. so to speak. So they can get into your your system at that point in time and get stuff. It's just like if I see an update going on, I'm going, ah, pause. I'm going to go get a san sandwich and a cup <laughs> of coffee, and uh, I'm unplugging my drive. Uh, that's the And I'm not scared of anything. I don't have anything of, of. I know. I know exactly how you feel. But it's my, you know, but you know, it's Bill, like, you really can't. I've had this discussion with my wife many times. You can't get away from people snooping. 
They're always snooping. Everywhere you turn, there's a camera. Everywhere you turn, somebody's listening to you. I mean, I told you about it. I have a smartwatch, and it's nice. I spent a lot of money for this thing, right? And, mm-hmm. and it's listening to me all the time. It's taking my heartbeat. It's doing all these different things. It's, and I don't know where it's sending it. I don't know what information is going from this watch to, to wherever it goes, you know. Uh, it, it's, it's supposed to be great because, oh, you can get your email on it. You can see pictures on it. You can these, talk to it. It answers you. Yes. You can ask it what the weather's going to be and things like that, and you'll get some kind of response. But so if what, I what sat giving, there. What are you giving up for that? Well, let's say that they bait the algorithms out there because when you talk to it, there's an open mic, which means that that is an open connection on the Internet at all times, whether you have Alexa or like me, I renamed it to uh, the big C word, uh, which I'm not going to mention because I do have that over there. So everything I say. So if I could say the big C word, get a hold of Alex Jones. Well, he's in the news right now, and it would sit there, and it would probably say Alex Jones. Oh, my master programmer needs to know about this. And all of a sudden, everything that I would talk to Alex Jones about, which I don't know him, he's not on my contact list. Right. It would go to somebody else. And if that sounds conspiratorial to you, then, hey, you know what? Go ahead and believe that. But just because you're with the elite blue doesn't mean they give a rat's ass about you when they have everything they want. Mm-hmm. They will sit there and spit you out after they chew you up out in the street with the rest of us deplorables. Moving on to a, a slightly different yeah. thing. Uh, you know, Joe was in Detroit at a car show in Atlanta where they make, I think, Corvettes. Joe loves Corvettes. He's, he was there, by the way, to promote electric cars. He was telling everybody to get an $80,000 electric car, but then he sees a gas-powered Corvette, brand new, and he ran over to it, and he sat in it. Uh, and then they asked him afterwards, well, how would you compare the electric car to the Corvette? He says, oh, I, the electric car is nice, but I like the Corvette. Not, not the best uh, salesman when it came to selling the product. But here's what Harris Faulkner said yesterday when one of the correspondents said that Joe was there promoting the $80,000 electric car. Pruitt Auto Show, he will drive an $80,000 electric car, part of the transition the White House would like you to make. In fact, the administration saying everybody should go buy an electric car. Back to you, Harris. Wow. Tone deaf and blind. Good to see you. Thank you. Tone deaf and blind. She's, by the way, uh, the daughter, I believe, of of a general. So she's an army brat. Yeah, I think she comes on at 10 o'clock. I watch her. She's good. Yeah, she's very good. But uh, she nailed it, tone deaf and blind. And they are. Uh, Buttigieg said that the California law about uh, converting to all electric by 2035, he wants that to happen federally, and he wants it to happen sooner. He wants everybody to be required to drive an electric car before 2035, This this doofus we have. Pete Buttigieg. You know, and we've talked about this before. I don't believe, and I think most people who think for a second don't believe that the electric car is the answer right now. It may be the answer. It may be the answer down the road, but right now, if everybody today bought a, and this is a figure I heard yesterday, it knocked me out. If everybody today bought an electric car, if we all suddenly had electric cars, we have enough power to power them for 17 seconds. 
Think about no, that no. for a second. 17 seconds. You know, but, how are we going to be able to sustain everybody having electric cars by 2035 and air conditioning and all the other stuff? Here's a great example of the lie. Because there was a time when you looked at the skies and the, the you know, uh, up in uh, Cleveland, Erie Lake and all of that. Yeah. It was all polluted, but it's cleaned up now. Even Pittsburgh, sure. the Steel City, they've cleaned it up because we've learned how to clean up our waste. Right. But do you remember back in the 70s, 70, from 19, maybe 69 to 1974, I was but a baby, but uh, it didn't matter. Because I remember asking a teacher once, I said, well, what's going on with gas? And he drove this little car. Oh, yeah. And it was three cylinders, and the engine was in the trunk, and my lawnmower engine was bigger than <laughs> the motor in his car. Yeah. I'm um, conserving gas because it's all going to run out. We've uh, we've only got enough uh, fuel on the planet for another five or six years. Oh, sure. Oh, maybe 100 years. That was 50 years ago. Yeah. And I was a young rock and roll disc jockey living in Connecticut. When all of a sudden we had our first gas crisis, um, we had, I had like a little kid. I didn't have my second. The odd yet. even days to get your gas. Oh yeah, you know, and you know what? The gas went up to fifty cents a gallon. Oh, I know it was terrible. It was fifty awful. cents a gallon. Oh, we didn't know what to do with ourselves. Fifty. Yeah, cents. I re uh, remember you know riding in the car with my dad. We'd go to this Hudson station. Where we were getting gas, uh -huh. and it's gonna it's gonna date me, but I'm not as old as this gas sounds. <laughs> but it was 16 cents a gallon. We sure. would go all the way down Blackstone Street in Fresno, and almost to town, and over on the left before you got to town was the Hudson Station. Yeah, and we would pull in, you know, and it was one of the old lined Hudson stations. 16 cents a gallon. My dad would fill up either the 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 Pontiac or the pickup truck, whichever we were in. You know, and, you know, a couple of bucks and but you know, we Bill, had a tank of gas. With inflation, 16 cents a gallon would equal like $1.89 a gallon today. Now. And, yeah. so, and so Trump had gas in a good place when he was president. We have all the resources for oil and the world's, well, I think we got the world's actually biggest resource of not only oil, if we so to cho so choose to get it, and now we can get it cleanly, safely, and cost-effectively with American labor. And that American labor can be, you know, somebody of Asian descent, uh, any color. You know, you're an American citizen. You should be able to reap the benefits of this country. That is one of the benefits of the resources. The Shell gas, natural gas um, reserve here, mm -hmm. the biggest on the freaking planet, and that is clean. Yeah. Clean, 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 clean. And we can go 500 years. Well, they don't want you to frack. They don't want you to frack. And yeah, no fracking away. But, you know, here's the deal. <laughs> you know, if we did this, we have a 500-year moratorium, you know, because the population couldn't grow to the point to where we would use it all up. But on the same behalf, we are moving towards, you know, what they call a green society. Then we don't need, oh, let's hurry up and do this in the next two years. Well, we could do it in five years, 10 years, 20 years, but we could evolve to it. But we're always going to need lubricants for Absolutely. mechanical parts. They don't talk about that, Bill. They don't talk no. about the fact that you... You can have a a wind turbine. You still need oil to lubricate the turbine, you know. So right. that, 
You need if you if you have uh, an electric auto- locomotive engine, you still need oil to lubricate the wheels and the gears. You still need fossil fuels. Now, exactly, they may say we can make synthetic oils. Some of them are made out of vegetable byproducts and things like that. You know, right? They have ways of making synthetic oil, but I don't think they can make it on the scale that we need it. We hear so much about electric, electric, and I just keep thinking that somebody somewhere is going to have a master switch and be able to shut us down at a moment's notice. I mean, if a power grid goes down, we have no charging stations. We have no way of of getting the cars moving. With gas, you can still hand crank fuel out of a storage tank and fill your car up. I mean, you don't. You it would be better to have electricity to pump the uh, the fuel into your car. But if you had a crisis where you had a no no electricity, it's a liquid. You still can pump the liquid from the tank into your car. It, right, it works. You have electric cars. You're screwed. You have well. No- there could be technology out there that goes as far back as Tesla, that could sit there and probably find a way that you could make something that would go under the hood, in the trunk, that could feasibly power your car. Bill, why don't they make cars charge themselves? If you're because, ro- if you're rolling, if you know you, you your wheels are moving, you would think that they could the dynamo. Yeah, they could charge the battery. Well, it can be done, but the problem is, is there, and uh, hard to explain, I I don't even get it, but there's a ratio. Any mechanic will tell you, well, it's not going to produce what it uses to get it. So there's, um, you know, know, it's like on a train, you know, they have the dynamos on it. Right. And the cars have batteries, and the lighting in that comes from, as the train goes, it builds up the batteries. Yeah. But there's a lot of dynamos there. But, you know, you could put dynamos on cars, and you could replenish a lot of that battery power. You could, extend, sure you could. You could extend the uh, the trip. So if you're 300 miles, maybe you might get 400 miles, 450 miles. Well, maybe you could double it, yeah. you know. So you could do that if you had some kind of Tesla system with a virtual ground system in there. You might be able to extrapolate energy from the planet. You know, you never know. On another topic, you've heard about all these young athletes who have been dying mm-hmm. uh, recently. I mean, you, you read about a 24-year-old who uh, gets off the practice field and drops dead. Uh, yesterday, a 17-year-old athlete died suddenly after he had what they thought was a heart attack. He was practicing for a golf tournament, 17 years old. The kid, I got a picture of him here. He's, he hasn't got an ounce of fat on him. He's got a, a, the smile that says, the future's all ahead of me. And, right. And, and suddenly he, he drops. A lot of people think that there's a correlation between the vaccinations and people, these young people dying too soon. Also, Denmark has barred COVID vaccines for almost everyone under the age of 50. Now think about that for a second. Denmark figures, wait a second, these vaccines... Eh, they're not what everyone says they are, and we don't want anyone under 50 getting it. So they've stopped it in Denmark. Yeah, but you know what? If they stopped it because it's not good for people under 50, that means they don't care about the people <laughs> over 50. 
Well, that's a very good point. I'd be sitting there going, wait a minute. Yeah. Now, you know, what are you trying like, to get rid of me? What if you're like 50 and a month? You yeah, know? I just turned 50. Screw <laughs> you, buddy. Yeah. Here's, here's yeah. a shot Bend for over. you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The sign on the dotted line, you know, a power of attorney. Take the shot. I have a long uh, discussion uh, between Rand Paul and Anthony Fauci. I'll play it tomorrow. It's too long for uh, this show because uh, our show is uh, is running long right now as as I speak. Other interesting thing, uh, this is this is depressing. This is really depressing. All uh, right. According to the latest consumer spending data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, Americans spent more money on taxes last year than on food, healthcare, education, and clothing combined. Isn't that depressing? And But you know what? I don't think that we are taxed enough. Say what? <laughs> Say what? <laughs> what, are you, what are you drinking? Uh, uh, well, you know, some Kool-Aid uh, well, some Democrats gave me. You you, know? I'm sure you'll welcome all those 87,000 IRS agents in your... Yeah, right. Your yeah, with my foot. New York City uh, deporting illegals. <laughs> illegals uh, bust from Texas to New York City. Now they're busting them to Florida. You know, Eric Adams has said enough is enough is enough. Uh, uh, we we can't take it anymore. You've sent all these busloads of people to our to our port authority, and we don't know what to do with them. So we'll send them to Florida. Why don't we just send them back across the border, free trip to where they came from? I know. They're so tolerant on the left, aren't they? They, mm -hmm. they? they tell you how we should live, but when they're confronted with a situation like uh, the one in Martha's Vineyard and the one down in uh, D.C. in front of Carmela Harris's mansion, uh, they don't know how to deal with it. Well, this, there's a word salad coming from um, uh, I'm sure from it'll be, I'm sure it'll be fabulous to listen to. Oh, yes. Big story that nobody's talking about. This came out this morning. Putin's car was attacked in an attempted assassination. They're not talking about it. He uh, is well, okay. who's behind that, do I wonder? Well, they didn't say. He escaped to safety, they say. He's, he's okay. Uh, this came like two weeks after. Do you remember the daughter of one of the top aides mm -hmm. to Putin was killed in a car bombing? And in the Ukraine, Zelensky's car was in a car accident. And uh, he escaped injury too. He got it. He got hurt, but he's going to be okay. So maybe the way to end this war is to take out Putin and take out Zelensky. Somebody must think that because that seems to be what they're doing. They're trying, hmm. they're trying to. Boy, if I were a conspirator, you know, which I'm not. No, you know, I, I know what I would think, but uh, nah, we wouldn't. We wouldn't do that. No. Another interesting thing, you know, when you have an army, what do you want? What do you want with your army? What do you want them to do? What do you want them to be like? I want them to be rough, tough, yeah, and defending my my exactly. Me. Do you do you care about whether they're woke? I don't care. You know, if the guy wants to go home and put on his wife's underwear, you know, <laughs> but as long as he's on that battlefield in gear and hurrah, yeah, yeah. Yes, well, I don't care then. The Defense Department's Chief Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Officer is a lady named Calissa Wing. They have a diversity, 
Equity and Inclusion Officer. She was apparently appointed by Millie. This guy, Millie, is a doofus. Mm -hmm. This guy, Millie, I don't know how he got to be a four-star general. Would someone please tell me how he got to be a four-star general? At some point, he had to make people think he knew what he was doing. I think officers, to get into the general rank, many times have to be political more than military. I've heard it said that uh, the real officers are colonels. They go up to be, you know, the military officers Mm -hmm. get up to the colonel level, and they're just not political enough to be a general. So they get stuck at that level. And there must be some truth to it, because although I've seen some good generals, I have seen a handful of good ones. Now, there's a story also out of D.C. about a diversity officer at the DOD. That's it. Calissa Wink. Okay, because there was a guy. No, this is Calissa Wink. Okay, is it where they released uh, some tweets? Yeah, that's hers. That's Calissa. Okay, She she wrote things like, I'm exhausted with these white folks in these professional. All right, then she's the one, yeah, yeah, uh, FOLX. Yeah. Uh, she said, uh, well, see, she, she called, she used the word, she said the lady actually had the caudacity to say that black people can be racist too. Caudacity, not audacity, Caucasian caudacity. Mm. And, um, so, you know, I, I take that as uh, racism, it there, is. you know, she's very racial It is, racist. and I don't care what color her skin is, you know, you can, but see. Now, this is wrong thinking on my part. I got a loose wire up there that thinks that anybody can be a racist. Of course they can. Any color. That's right. You can have I don't, black racist, white racist. You can have, yes. But the problem is when you have different standards for different people. Well, yeah, that that would be the far, far left. And, you know, they think that their oh, own skin is, a, is an embarrassment. Well, here's a very simple way of putting it. How do you think the country would have reacted with a group called White Lives Matter? Oh, well, again, you know, that, that gel that I would be buried under the corner, yeah. <laughs> cornerstone. <laughs> White Lives Matter would have gone over like a, a poop in church, like a pregnant pole vaulter, like screen doors in a submarine. It would have, it would have gone over poorly, you know? I see these diversity months on TV, these networks running, you know, it's, it's such and such month. Mm -hmm. And I think to myself, I wonder if they do it for the Irish. I'm Irish, right? I wonder if they do it like Irish equity month or German equity month or whatever, you know, they would never do that. You said that because I'm German. Yeah, I'm all mine here. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, we've done it again, my friend. Another show completed in the can. I hope it's uh, a decent day for you. We any plans? Do you have anything interesting on the agenda? Any? No, are you I'm visiting with the president. Are you going to? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, he and I are not in speaking terms. You oh, know, really? So, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's unfortunate. I mean, well, I, I, you know, the only person that's on uh, speaking terms with him are the voices in his head. That's true. I saw him and... shaking hands with nobody just uh, the day before yesterday. Oh yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, did you, you heard about uh, Pelosi? What she said? She said on the midterms that the Democrats have known uh, that they're going to win this fall as far back as uh, January sixth. Of course they did. Of course they did because they. How had, the hell do they know that? They had the system in place from last uh, from that November, you know, election. November. So is that a prediction by her or just a a? Uh, it's a fact. A, 
I gotta find this. I gotta find this audio and play it for you of Barack Obama talking about the perfect situation. Oh yeah, I know the audio. Yeah, where he says the perfect ideal situation would be to be in my basement and uh, in my jogging suit, my workout clothes, and to have it. Uh, a microphone and talk into a, uh, someone's earpiece and tell them how to be president or something like that. And I'm thinking to myself, this guy had the gonads to essentially telegraph what he's doing right now. Yeah. But you know, a lot of the left and a lot of people go, oh, he was the greatest president ever. You know, he, he's a very eloquent speaker. I will give him that. He was corrupt as all sin. And, uh He's, he's, a lot of his policies, not a lot, all of them were bad. Hey, listen, we'll do it again tomorrow because we seem to never be at a loss for things to talk about. You know, we always seem to find something to talk about. And, uh, you know, I don't know about you, but as soon as I end the show, I start thinking about why we should talk about this tomorrow. It's like it never ending. It's a, well, yeah, you see, you see some stuff on the internet, you see it on the news, you go, oh. Yep. You make a little note. Listen, folks, uh, you want to contact us, 833 583 Mail at com. so please get in touch. You got thoughts. You got something you want to hear about. Maybe there's something that we're not talking about that you would like us to talk about. Well, the only way we're going to know it is if you tell it to us. So you got the phone number. You got the uh, email. Use it. And... Um, Major announcement coming along pretty soon about other ways you'll be able to listen to the show and shows like ours, too. Okay, so that'll be in another, I would imagine, a couple of weeks. Well, let's give it two weeks, but uh, it could be up and running in a beta form this weekend because there's got to be bugs to work out there, you know? Bugs. I I hate having having bugs in my stuff, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody likes it good. Well, I I don't know. I also don't like. NPR said eat bugs. I also don't like bats in my belfry either. How's that? You You got a belfry? Well, it wasn't really free. You got a bell? Hey, have a good day, buddy. (laughs) See ya. I'm going to get me a bell. (laughs) 